Hello and welcome to the Financial Architect for Canadians. And today we're going to be talking about money lessons for kids. You're listening to the Financial Architect for Canadians with Alin Gottroy and Glenn Baccaro. I'm going to open this up with a survey conducted by an investment management firm. And the results found that nearly 50% of parents miss opportunities to talk to their kids about money and finances. And a quarter of them said that they are reluctant and very reluctant to discuss the topic of money with their families. On the other hand, what the survey did find was that more than half of kids wish that their parents taught them more about money because they are eager to learn. So all this to say, if you as parents are not teaching your kids about money, they're going to learn about it some way. So you want to be the one that's going to help influence the way that they relate to money, the way that they spend money, and the way that they save money. So I'll give it over to you. You can take it away. Money lessons for kids. Okay. Yeah. So growing up, we talked about money all the time. So for me, it was a natural progression into a finance background and a financial business. Uh, but the key is I've had people come to me and they don't know how to talk to their kids about money. I actually got a message a few weeks ago. Uh, we did something a few weeks ago, the no spend challenge. And I had a client of mine send me a message and say, my daughter's out of control with her spending. She just got this job. I don't know what to do. I said, okay, time out. My <laughs> philosophy is kids need to buy into consumerism. Some people may agree with me. Some people may disagree. Let them blow their first one or two paychecks. Because, you know what, let's say, Glenn, you give one of your daughters $100 and they can go spend $100 on something. Until they actually go and work and have to be in a customer service type position or, you know, cut grass or do something to make that $100, they're not going to have a true appreciation for what they had to do. I'll get back to that story with that lady in a few in a minute. But my stepson, uh, he started a new job and he went and bought himself a $150 pair of headphones. And I said, so how do you like those headphones? Like, oh, they're great. They're fantastic. How many hours did you have to work? Guess what? He knew how many hours he had to work because he thought, oh, okay, you know, I make 15 bucks an hour. I get $15 an hour. Well, no, you have to pay you yeah. know, a little bit of CPP, a little bit of EI. You got some union dues on there from where you work. And the government wants some money. So he knew he had already figured that out, which was great. So good. I shared that story with my client. I said, you know what? Let your daughter go spend one or two paychecks. You know what? Go buy your Lululemon pants or go to the movies, <laughs> go out for a few dinners and then say, okay, what did you have to do to make that money to go out for that dinner with your friends, right? You, you probably spent 20 bucks going out with your girlfriends for dinner you would have had to work over an hour for that $20 dinner. Those pants that you wanted to buy that cost almost $140 with tax, you would have had to work about 10 hours. That's probably two shifts. How do you feel about that purchase? And just have dialogue, right. you know, as they get those checks and say, okay, you have this um, check that's coming in each week or every two weeks. What responsibilities do you have to pay for? So do you pay for a cell phone? Are you maybe paying for car insurance, for gas? Uh, you may find that if you have teens or young adults that have jobs, um, they're not home a lot for meals. They like to go fast food places and spend their money on that kind of stuff. 
And we could do a whole other podcast about how expensive things have gotten. I remember like the Big Mac combo used to be $3.99. We didn't even <laughs> have this lovely thing called GST. Yeah. Now it's like $12 to buy yeah, a Big, Big Mac, Mac combo, it's right? Crazy. So it's a little bit different. But I yeah. think the key is having an open discussion with your kids on a regular basis and having them come up with a plan. So, you know, if your kid's working a part-time job and maybe they just have to pay for their cell phone. Then say, okay, you know, you've got, say, $200 this week from your check. Let's set you up with an account where you can start some savings and you can build up a buffer. And having a discussion about a very simple budget, again, they might only have a couple of expenses that they have to pay for, but knowing that hours may fluctuate, clearly with COVID, there have been a lot of kids, you know, that worked at malls or in the restaurant industry that didn't have any shifts for quite some time being responsible about tucking away money and starting them with an emergency savings is also important. So I think those are good starts. And then setting a good example. So the person that emailed me, she's a client, love her dearly, but she's also not the greatest with money. So the key is making sure that you're setting a good example, that you're not going through the Tim Hortons drive through every morning before work. You know, you're not ordering pizza and Chinese and take out, you know, two or three nights a week. Um, you know, you're not having the fanciest purse all the time and, you know, the latest and greatest iPhone, etc. So I think the key too is it's kind of hard to tell your kids, no, you can't spend money when you're also right. spending a lot of money too. I think the key is, again, have that open discussion and dialogue. I know at our house with my stepkids, we talk about money on a, on a weekly basis. Um, it, it's an open, it, no question is a silly question. Um, you know, one of my stepkids now uh, works somewhere we has a pension. So we had a chat actually this past weekend about pension plans. The more you can talk to your kids about money and it doesn't have to be like a long sit down formal discussion <laughs> just little things here and there yeah. right like make it fun too exactly make so i think that's the key um and then if you have that open dialogue so when i was 21 i was looking at buying my first house and i sat down with my stepdad and i said okay Wait, like scroll back so you were thinking about buying your first house at 21 i did buy my first house when i was 21 that's 21 crazy. 20 22 um, we lived in a household where we, we talked about money. I had an investment account when I was like 16. My parents had a Merrill Lynch advisor wow. and I put away money because we talked about money, right? The earlier you can talk about money, the better. Uh, so I actually sat down with my stepdad and I said, okay, like, I love you guys, but I would, I would like to move out at some point. And, but I don't really know how much it costs to run a household. I wasn't a financial advisor yet. So he pulled out his bills. I mean, you know, my parents' house was a little bit bigger than the house that I was looking to buy. But to get a general idea, because when you're a young person, you don't realize, you take for granted that you have, you know, groceries in your fridge and there's shampoo and toilet paper and all those different things and the lights are on. <laughs> you don't know how much it costs yeah. for property taxes, hydro, gas, mortgage payments. All the things you're not aware cetera, of until you become an adult. Yeah, so sitting down, so he... He pulled out, a, you know, their bills and I started working on a budget. So this is something that I've always been a planner. Um, so I had a really good idea um, about a year in advance of what it was going to cost. I had a full time job while I went to university. So I knew what to anticipate in terms of costs. That's and it amazing. Was, yeah, it was because we had a continuous open dialogue about money that I felt comfortable asking. And, you know, if you have that relationship with your kids, they're going to feel like they can come to you about money with 
any sort of question. And so that was really something that helped me put my best foot forward financially when I was younger because there was no silly question. So I know we've talked about that before. There's so much to unpack unpack with with teaching money to your kids because whether parents like it or don't like it, money is involved with every aspect of your life. Mm -hmm. You know, like whether it's buying a car, like buying food, having shelter, taking care of the necessities, you know, wanting to go on extravagant trips or, or like buy clothing. No matter what you do, money is an extremely vital, important part of your life. And I think getting kids young, teaching them young about money, we didn't really have much discussions about money when I was growing up. I learned a lot of it on my own by talking to people. And that's why I said earlier, um, you know, whether parents teach your kids about money or not, they're going to learn about it some way, mm-hmm. right? So you want to make sure that they're being influenced in the right way with money. And I think no spend challenge re- really brought out a lot as well because it forces people to look at their relationship with money, mm-hmm. you know, and like whether they use it as a crutch, whether it's something that, you know, um, they just spend it as soon as they get it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it comes down to discipline, responsibility. And these are a lot of things that your kids are going to mirror from you in, in, in with your relationship to money and how you go about using it. Right. So it's just, it's, it's so complex and it's such a big thing but you can really break it down and just have fun with it. Like, and we started with, with our girls, uh, they got a couple gift cards for Christmas to, uh, for Indigo Mm -hmm. to spend at Indigo. And my wife took them shopping and explained to them, you know, like the price that you see on a price tag is not the actual price that you're going to pay. They're actually going to charge you tax. So was was explaining to them, (laughs) you know, because they had X amount, I think it was like $25 on their gift card. And then explain to them that, you know, like when, when you pay for it, you, you have to account for it's, it's going to actually be extra than what you're looking at mm-hmm. on, on the price tag. So we're teaching, my girls right now are eight and six years old. So we're starting young. We're having dialogues about money. We're teaching them to save about money. And an interesting fact, when my oldest was four years old, I don't know where she got this idea. She wanted to start a lemonade stand on, <laughs> on Canada Day. Yeah. So every July 1st, and we've done it for the past four years. We have a lemonade stand because she wants to earn money okay. in some way. And she's she's got this entrepreneurial spirit in her. And it's just, it's really mind-boggling. It's funny to see. Mm-hmm. Like she's eight now and she's trying to figure out, she's asking questions on how we can increase profits. How can we get more money, right? Mm-hmm. So she's thinking about like maybe having stickers that she could sell or like maybe even baking cookies and selling them in addition to the lemonade and having like a combo thing that they can they can buy and it just cracks me up like I, i'm not worried about her at all like being <laughs> successful in, awesome. in the world because she's she's all about finding ways to make money but she's smart with it mm-hmm. she's not a spender she's one of those oh, you ever see God. the marshmallow test yes all right she's the girl where if you told her you get two marshmallows if you wait 20 minutes yeah she would wait She's got that okay. self-discipline. Awesome. And my four-year-old? No yeah. way. Well, well my youngest marshmallow, yeah. he, he can't wait. Nope. My youngest one, same thing. You put a marshmallow in front of her, it'll be gone in two seconds. Yeah. She doesn't care. <laughs> but my oldest, she's got that sensibility about her where she's like, she can delay the gratification for it. And I don't know if it's a neat thing or whatever, but she's she's really good with her money. She's looking at ways to make money. And again, she's only eight years old. And so like, I'm really excited to show her about like entrepreneurial things. And we were discussing the other day about like maybe having her design stickers and maybe selling them online, you know, in packages and stuff. So cool. as a way to make money and stuff. So I don't know, it's 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 really cool when, when you look at it as a game and approach it as a game with your kids. I think it could be a lot easier when you're explaining to kids about things with money. Uh, going back to the previous um, 
podcast that we recorded, like explain it to them like they are six and eight years old, like money concepts mm-hmm. where they would get it and understand, right? So there's so much when it comes to like money lessons for kids. But but I think for myself, anyway, the biggest piece of advice that I could give is start young. Start exactly. as, as early as you can. Have discussions about it. Talk about all the bad stuff too, like, uh, like having debt, like, you know, like um, losing money and overpaying for stuff or like interest rates and like taking out loans. But try to come up and develop a gaming way that you can introduce them to these these kinds of concepts. And have them do chores. You know, my oh, four year old, yeah. um, I don't love dusting, so I'll have him <laughs> I'll have him do some dusting. I have this little mitt, he goes around and dusts. He loves Good scrubbing. For you. He that's loves scrubbing awesome. toilets. He thinks that's the greatest thing ever. So he'll do some dusting and scrub toilets, and he gets a loony and he puts it in his picky bank. Oh, uh, the minute you tell my girls I got to clean up, you get oh. Yeah, well, it depends on what it is. If he has to clean up his Lego, that's a whole other ball of wax. There's certain tasks he likes to do, yeah, and then he gets rewarded, and he loves putting money in his piggy bank. So he's four. We're starting out. But we have some fake money that we got on Amazon, so I'm that's teaching awesome. him. That's awesome, yeah. So he can actually tell you what a loony and a toonie and a quarter is, so yeah. he's learning. Um, I think the key, again, is just having that open dialogue no matter what age your kids are. You know, having those discussions with my stepdad. Like, that would have been in 2000, 2001. Like, we didn't have, yeah, the internet was around, but there wasn't the abundance of information. Right. Now, it's almost like there's so much information. Kids might actually be paralyzed because there's so much they don't even know where to start. So your job as a parent, you know, I did this one video last year. I think it was about a year ago. I can't remember the statistic. I think it was, it was, it's 80 some odd percent. Can't remember if it was 83 or 87% of parents are would rather talk to their kids about sex than about money which is crazy for me is the opposite i'm like oh god i don't want to talk to kids. i talk to my kids about that i'd rather talk about money all day long so it's just interesting i think the key is wow. there's so much information online you know if you can help your kids and guide them um you know to the right areas and just have little chats every day. Bring them to the grocery store with you. You know, let them know how much things cost or let you them know. see you paying. Yeah. For yeah. your groceries. My son wanted strawberries the other day. I'm like, I'm sorry, kiddo, I'm not paying $5.99 for a little thing of strawberries. <laughs> Let's pick another. Those are really expensive right now. Yeah, we have the affordability to spend the $5.99, but let's pick a different fruit. Um, that you like that doesn't cost as much money. So he's four. He doesn't understand a lot, but he understands, oh, okay, well, then let's let's pick out something right. different or let's buy something when it's on sale. You know, his favorite little fruit snacks, when they're not on sale, they're kind of expensive. So I wait till they go on sale and then yeah. we'll buy some extra uh, to stock up on. So there's little things that you can teach your kids no matter what their age. Teaching them the value. And I know you and I have had this discussion numerous times about teaching our children about uh, finances and money and such. And I remember one thing that you you had said that was very profound that in all the years that you've been doing this, you have found that the, the people that lack financial literacy are the ones that are most unprepared for retirement, such as not having wills, mm-hmm. not not having life insurance, so it's extremely important to be financially literate in some sense. You don't need to know everything. And like you mentioned, there's so much information out there mm-hmm. that you have to filter through. You don't need to know about everything, but have a basic accounting, you know, like financial literacy, uh, being able to multiply, subtract, you know, add and teaching your kids about the value of things and working hard for stuff. And 
would you like to speak to that? Or like people that are the most unprepared are the ones that are yeah, most financially I think the key is just, Yeah, just set a good example, right? It's not the do as I say, not as I do. Like set a good example for your kids. If you don't want your kids blowing their checks eating out, then maybe take some steps to make some more meals at home. Um, teach them little things. Again, I think kids really learn by example. It's hard to tell your kids not to smoke when, when you smoke, right? Same with money. It's kind of hard to tell your kids, you know, you're going out again with your friends and, you know, buying a $5 coffee when, you know, you're the parent that's going through the drive through every day. So I think it's really about setting a good example and taking time. It's, it's a process, right? You're not just going to flip a switch overnight, but if you can just be conscious about doing something, um, you know, every day or once a week, I think that'll really make a lot of difference in your family's lives. So we can't stress enough the importance of teaching your kids about money and having financial literacy be a part of their lives. And this is something that's going to affect them. Basically, as I said, the ones that are unprepared, that don't have enough life insurance, that don't have a will, that don't have enough savings to retire properly are the ones that are really illiterate when it comes to finances. So if you don't know a lot, check out videos uh, with the internet and YouTube. There's so much information out there. As I said before, you don't need to know everything, but learn basics. Get a solid foundation underneath you and really teach your kids how to be good with money. It's something that they're going to carry with them for the best, for the rest of their lives, basically. And if you're not teaching about it, somebody else is going to be doing it. And you want to make sure that you have that positive influence that you can instill in your kids because they're going to listen to you, hopefully. Excellent. I think that's good for today. That's a lot of information for everyone. So. Right on. And if anybody has any comments or uh, suggestions that we haven't thought of or like on ways that we can, you know, or if you want to share with other people about how you taught money uh, concepts to your children, that'd be great that you appreciate it because I'm always looking for suggestions and ideas on mm -hmm. ways that I can help my girls be more uh, financially literate. So on that note there, you have been listening to The Financial Architect for Canadians. My name is Glenn Bacaro. This is Lynn Godfrey. And we have been giving you the tools to build a solid foundation for your finances. We'll check you out next time. Have a great day.